0: Are we here? Yeah,
1: where else can we be? Oh, I,
0: can't hear, I can't hear you though. Okay, I can hear you. Okay, there we go, I can hear you now.
1: Yeah, you're wearing the shortest shorts I've ever seen in my whole life.
0: <laughs> I, was feeling my, I was feeling like I was getting my Bill Russell on. <laughs> in my doctor's yeah, it's, days.
1: It's crazy to see those old clips and to be like, I can't believe they wore clothes that tight. And they're not, like, tight like the way, like, a leotard is tight. You know, like, where you're like, oh, that's a lot of flexibility. It's, like, the opposite. It's, like, you may as well be wearing tiny denim jeans if you're playing basketball in the 70s. With the shoes that don't give any comfort. Oh, my God. Chuck's are the worst. I couldn't believe it. When I first bought Chuck Taylor's as a teenager, I was so excited. I was, like, this is the most bang for my buck. $25 for a pair of sneakers. that I can do whatever I want in them. And then about a block down the street, I'm like, this is like I paid $25 to not even wear shoes. <laughs> it's literally only for fashion.
0: That's, that's it. Did you have multiple, were you one of those people that had like a bunch of colors?
1: That was the plan. The plan yeah. was I was going to have like six different colors. But after I bought the green ones, I was like, no.
0: Uh-huh. I'll be
1: fine wearing gray and black shoes the rest of my life <laughs> and just wear through some comfortable ones. I'd rather have one pair of shoes that cost a hundred dollars that I can wear every day than four pairs that I regret wearing every single day, but they
0: match. I got into chucks really big in the high school. Like I had all the colors, I had the stars and stripes, I had it for mm-hmm. the holiday. Then I got into the fat laces when they used to put fat laces into the shoes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they, they look just, good.
0: Yeah. But they you're right. It was like the most painful shoes. As you're walking on cinder blocks pretty much like yeah i feel like that's I, how people that wear clogs feel
1: i feel like clogs would at least protect you against the concrete
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the first time i stepped on a, a rock in converse all stars and went ow a rock i was like these shoes are no good yeah. they're not prepared for rocks outside that's where rocks live that's a bad shoe were you into clothing and all of that? Let me no. Think. I never got into clothing, but I got into shoes, which was yeah. dumb. Because it was like, oh, look, I got these great shoes, but I just look like a mess
0: as soon as I go above my ankles. I used to work at a shoe store. And I would, uh, I would sell clothes out the back of the shoe store and just so I could uh, get more money for shoes. My mom used to be like, how are you getting all this money for these rare shoes? I'd be like, oh, I worked extra hours. They're like, no, no, you didn't. And then, mm-hmm. I, uh, then I got locked up, so. Wait, was that real? You got locked up? Yeah. You went
1: to jail for stealing from work? Yep, I did. Okay. But it was no. one of those huh. You don't think there's gonna be follow up questions to that? <laughs> <laughs> So, how was your day? No, nope. no, I have <laughs> questions. <laughs> how much money did you have to steal from work for them to arrest you? I just figured if you stole money from work, you get fired and then you're just not allowed to go back to foot locker
0: so it it was it was it was more than just that so um okay here oh this is a crazy. I've never actually told this story before okay um Perfect. and at the end of this, I'll be fair, and I'll tell you about how I got arrested for stealing
1: too, so you're not alone
0: <laughs> bet so um i worked at this place called churn and shoe outlet and uh it was this uh mom and pop spot they had like four locations all over st louis and like chicago and um the everybody was stealing from the store the manager like this was like a thing that just happens so that's
1: many what things. everybody says who's stealing they all think that they're not the only one but you must have been the worst one if you were the one arrested unless you were all arrested as a group so
0: what ends up happening? Uh, there was this uh, chick that worked at this Chew store. Her name was uh, Keita. And What's her last and- name? Don't Keita. don't. I was
1: just kidding.
0: I was about to use your last name. <laughs> oh yeah, Keena Marsh. Go ahead. <laughs> so me and her became friends, and then we started dating. And then, um, yeah, like I said, her, me, Cole, it was like it was only like six employees at this whole store, and like I said, everybody was taking stuff. I was taking the most. Like, I, no, I'ma admit that I was I found out a method to take so many off the boxes. I was also unloading the box. So mm-hmm. I the store would have a box, I would have a box. It was like, it was like that. <laughs> and so here's here, I'm, I'm I'm gonna shorten this up. So me and her started dating. One day, me and the manager started talking. He's like, hey, what's going on with you and Kita? I'm like, oh man, we've been dating and all this other stuff. She dope. Woo woo woo. He was like, real men don't kiss and tell. And I was like, what? Kind of, I'm like, all right, whatever. So one day me and Keita are out and Darby, that was his name, calls her and she doesn't pick up. I was like, man, it's so interesting. Me, I just had a conversation with Darby about you. I told him that we were starting to date. And she's like, oh my gosh. So she's been sleeping with the manager this entire time. Oh and, no. And so one day Darby sneaks out uh, off of work. Because he was like, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And he was really out back doing something. And I came out with all these boxes of shoes. that He, he, he saw me selling them to people off, off the back of the store. He gets upset, calls the cops, and... Uh... He gets upset. He did the right thing. <laughs> he gets
1: upset that I'm stealing from the company and sleeping with his girl. Yeah, I could see him being a little upset.
0: Keep going. So uh, as as I he, I found out, uh, this girl named New York, obviously not her real name, her uh, real name was uh, Manhattan. And so she <laughs> she tells me she's like, "Hey, Darby's calling the cops on you. Uh, you're gonna ha- you're you're gonna get arrested." I was like, "What?" Because he was also sleeping with her. And so I knew I knew about Darby in New York. That's why I didn't think it was anything to tell him about Keita. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, when I found out that he was calling the cops on me, I, uh, I opened up the safe and took all the money. And
1: <laughs> I don't know why you're doing the most traceable crimes. There's not a camera in the whole store.
0: <laughs> I was sick. I was uh, I was 17. I wasn't sm- I wasn't sm- I wasn't a smart thief at all. So, uh, yeah, got arrested for that. And then uh, how much wasn't... was in the safe. Wait, how much was in the safe? I don't remember. It was like $750. So under 1000. Under. you $1, able 000. to
1: spend any of it before you got arrested? Uh I actually they never they never found out about the safe. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, they listened to my podcast and so they found <laughs> out now. The police are on their way. This was actually a giant ruse. I'm one of the police officers.
0: Oh, no. I started
1: comedy 9 years ago to bust you for 700 bucks. <laughs> this <laughs> is I'm the, I'm the petty police. I, I stick around for the petty crimes.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if that was like an actual like show? <laughs> the petty police, you.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And everything's like over 10 years ago.
0: I'm hey, like, hey. It's just the most worst crime. We finally got him. He stole the Snicker bar and he admitted to it. It's like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember when you worked at Starbucks and you stole the sandwich instead of using the ones that we expired yesterday and left in the refrigerator? We're here for you now. Like that's.
0: <laughs> so prior to that, I used to work at Burger King. And it was to, and after two hours. Were you selling we had- hamburgers out the back door over there? You do no lie. So I was taking oh. uh, the, the little uh, Hershey pies. Uh-huh. The little chocolate Hershey pies. Oh my goodness. Once again, everybody's taking stuff from Burger <laughs>
1: No, you just think that. That's how, you, that's how you tell yourself it's okay for you to behave like this. Let me be able to sleep at night, damn it. Yeah, and by the way, once again, everyone's sleeping at night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've had I've an had interesting life. But no, wait, what were do you my- doing with the Hershey Pies? Oh, I, I used to take them and uh, take, take them to So I used to get bullied in high school. So uh-huh. um, if I gave my bullies Hershey pies they would leave me alone.
1: Oh nice. That's worth so it. That,
0: it was, so it was <laughs> that's how I got out of being bullied. Because then they I,
1: get too fat to bully you? They're just they, like in their sugar coma. Just gaining uh, weight. They're like, oh Willie, I'll get you as soon as I can do some sit-ups again. <laughs>
0: I stopped being bullied in high school. I think I've said this, uh, I don't know how much you know my stand-up and my story, but I knocked up a butch lesbian. Yeah, and I did know that. I was going to ask you about that. So when I knocked her up in high school, we, we started dating in high school. I did the finger thing because uh, we I was more like a beard versus... By the guy. way, the finger thing he did was the finger quotes before anybody... Oh. This is audio
1: only. I don't oh, want them okay. thinking you're doing something crazy like... <laughs> You know the finger thing for butch lesbian, you know, we all know the sign language for it.
0: <laughs> you know the hand sign, the hand sign. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: so so when I started dating her, she was popular in school in a sense that she used to beat people up all the time. So when I, sta- I so when I started dating her, people started leaving me alone cuz they were scared she would like so it was go for protection.
1: Off. It was like prison.
0: Yeah, it was like I was her bitch.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. You would give her your Hershey pies and your your fruit cups and she would protect you from everybody.
0: But I met her at Burger King. We went to that same high school together but we start I met her uh she was at I met her at Burger King.
1: You guys worked together at Burger King? Yeah. So she was your burger queen. I'm sure you heard that your whole uh,
0: life. I was her burger queen.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently you were. Wait, so was she a butch lesbian when you met her?
0: No. She was uh she was more of a tomboy like you know she was into oh. sports athletics she really wanted to go to the army uh she actually had, had plant that's how she found out that she was pregnant was when she was she was going to like it wasn't like ROTC it was like some type of after school army thing and she had to do a blood test and in her blood test they're like you know you're pregnant and she's like what and that's
1: how let me do it in her voice her. what Willie <laughs> Willie. <laughs> Yeah.
0: What's that, sweetie?
1: I'm gonna get you. Um. So, how long after you guys broke up did she fully become a butch lesbian?
0: She tried men twice. Or dated. Well, the uh-huh. second time. Th- the second time, yeah. So then, um, then she went after that. She was full on butch after like uh, five years after me.
1: Okay, so it wasn't directly after. You didn't ruin her. So we'll. Nah. Say.
0: I added to Ruin her making,
1: for men, Frame anyone Listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what happened. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. Still one of my best friends to this day, man.
1: Yeah, I bet. You guys had a baby and stuff. You guys have to keep in touch. We're each other's baby daddies. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. That's you can't have baby, baby mama
0: drama if you're both baby daddies.
1: That's true. Probably super chill about the whole thing. (laughs) Yes. She's like, "Listen, the PlayStation Four goes with the kid when you have him. I got the PlayStation, (laughs) and vice versa. Don't play on my games. (laughs) I have them saved where I want them."
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's cool because uh, we have an agreement for child support. Like, I don't I don't have like most guys have court ordered child support. Mm-hmm. Me and her just having a agreement because she doesn't believe in. it. She's like, "Man, child support be messing us dudes up." I'd be like, "Yeah, man."
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. Is it on some kind of flex scale where you're like, "It was a rough month." She's like, "Just send me three hundred
0: bucks." Sometimes it is like that. I mean, luckily I've always been. I've, not always. Recently I've been doing better, but yeah, there was mm-hmm. times I was like, "I'm sorry, I, I'm an actor, and this month I don't think I made squat." And she like ah just send me X Y Z just take care of this stuff, and then over time I like I'll make up for it and like like she like there's certain things like she has she has my uh, she has two kids, and uh,
1: she got. That not is the, the most unlesbian body. thing I ever heard in my whole life.
0: But she's not Wait, a gold star.
1: So when you were saying that there was another dude that she was with, she had a baby with him too?
0: Yes. He was supposed to be a. a
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So so was, was a, having a baby like third base for her? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a grounder. She's like, you know, I think things are getting serious. I'm six months pregnant.
0: And you're like, oh, things are getting serious now. So I take care of the other kid, too. Uh,
1: you take care of the other kid, too?
0: Yeah. So because the dad's not in the life at all. So I was like, I will adopt her. And so, uh, Did you legally adopt her, yeah. You're a hero. <laughs> she has my, she has, uh, like if you look up her Instagram and all that, she uses my name, like Michaela Mack or whatever. Her name's also Willie
1: Mack. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Willie Mack, the sick wait. She uses your stage name. We're not going to give away your real name, but Willie Mack is a fake name, yeah. Willie and Mack she took that f- on,
0: she took that on way better like than Hulk my Hogan's girlfriend. daughter.
1: Like how Hulk Hogan's last name is not Hogan, but Brooke Hogan is out there using his stage name. Oh, what's his real name? Balea. Terry Balea is his real name. Get out of here. Yeah, man. It's wrestling. Everyone uses fake names. There's the I amount know of... Really...
0: Willie Mack is a wrestler.
1: Not a good one.
0: The black guy? I've never heard of
1: him. I've never how heard would... of a Willie Mack wrestler. I'm going to Google him, too. We're both going to Google, which yeah, is the best going... kind of podcasting. Willie Mack must be an independent wrestler. He's not. A,
0: he's never, he's a, he does. He's a ten ninety nine wrestler.
1: Yeah, exactly. There he is, Willie Mack, American professional wrestler. So you should change your stage name then. Willie Mack. Yeah, M A C K. Yeah, M A C K. Oh man, he's big. He's scary looking. He was an impact. Oh, that explains why I don't know who he is. <laughs>
0: So, but yeah, so when people used to look me up, they'd be like, oh, you wrestle. I was like, no,
1: you I don't know even how, look like how that. Like some people
0: only I have
1: oh. that with uh, Aaron Marshall Singer.
0: Oh, there's an Aaron
1: Marsh Singer. singer. a very beautiful voice, but he looks nothing like me. Mm-hmm. Oh. The, what, what kind of and you're singing like, does, no, no. is it? Marsh. He does like a really angelic, beautiful emo stuff. So it's not uh-huh. like that intense, rocking emo stuff. It's like yeah. the slow stuff that sounds like in tune and things.
0: So we have to get bigger than these. But people. I don't want to. I don't want to diss him. We have to get bigger than these people so yeah, people we have can to band, see them and be like, "Oh, are you the comedian?" Like 10 yeah, I hope band. to ruin his
1: life. Yeah, I mean he knows who I am. <laughs> does he really? Yeah, yeah. We've had a little back and forth on Twitter before. Like a friendly,
0: a friendly back and forth, or was it like, for real?
1: At first it wasn't friendly, and it's become friendly through time. Interesting. Because there was one night that I decided to just look myself up on Twitter, you know, like as people do. And all these people were saying these really nice things about him. Aaron Marsh the singer, like, he's so angelic, or like, Aaron Marsh really got me through a tough time. Aaron Marsh is a beautiful voice. And so I just started retweeting all of them right and then they were all like i thought this was the real aaron marsh i'm like i am the real aaron marsh you know like and so then he saw that it was brought to his attention and so he was like tweeting me like hey leave my fans alone and i'm like i'm just retweeting we're like we don't know which aaron marsh they're talking about in fact that's kind of egotistical for you to just immediately assume all compliments are you i love it like, never complimented me. And so his fans turn against me for a little bit that, like, know that he's the one we're talking about. And sometimes you'll see tweets like, Aaron Marsh is great. The singer, not the comedian. He's stupid, like that kind of stuff. And I retweet those too. I'm like, thank you for mentioning. Like, <laughs> and in time, as the years have gone by, we've had the occasional tweet back and forth, and they've gotten really friendly. And he's really funny, and he's really talented. I, I like him a lot.
0: Well, How awesome is that? To, that's how you get your, I'm doing air quotes again, celebrity friend. Like, that's an interesting way to get that other part, like a friend just in general. By- I know.
1: He's come to LA. He lives in Florida.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And when he comes to tour and he comes to LA, I always, every time I think about, like, I should invite him out to coffee or like lunch or dinner or something. Yeah. You know, just to be normal. Just to be like, hey, it's almost weird. We've had this many years of interaction with each other and never met. We should just meet have a good time we don't have to talk about music or all the other stuff we can just be regular guys having a good time
0: yeah that i what i do and this is my little cheesy thing that i do because i always wonder like you see kevin durant sometimes for those that don't know he's a basketball player and he responds to different people's twitters
1: yeah but also kevin durant famously will create burner twitters yeah just to respond to it and then they'll leave it.
0: <laughs> he is such a mess. So, I love it, I, that cupcake. What I do is every every decent show that I have, I will reach out to maybe like I will tweet 60 different like celebrities and just be like, "Hey, I got a show. Come on through. I make sure you and your people are good to come and like I I've sent I send them all DMs like to the rock or to uh Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, you froze. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I heard everything. Okay. So you sent so, those DMs to The Rock and to
0: Carl Anthony Thomas. Uh, Carl Anthony I'm Towns, i uh, the basketball player from uh, Minnesota. And so, I got a, I actually got a uh, DM back from uh Carl Anthony Towns. He's like, yeah, next time I'm in Los Angeles, I would love to come to one of your shows. And, uh, This was back in February when this happened. Mm -hmm. Corona happened. He lost his mom. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So that didn't work out. You don't know.
1: You know what? In two years, that could turn around. And all of a sudden, that's your friend.
0: That's true. Because I I wonder how some of these people, like, let's say all of us were celebrities. How do you have, how do you end up getting, like, professional athlete friends. like I, That that seems interesting. Like, do y'all just see each other at a party and then they start to invite you and all that other stuff? Or is it from
1: a tool? It's all these things. It's how you get friends. Because it will also be like you do a commercial. You do the commercial with Chris Paul. You make Chris yeah. Paul laugh the whole time and at the end he goes, hey man, what's your number? And then all of a sudden you guys are just making each other yuck it up. You know, like it happens in all, all different kinds of ways. Yeah. Do you have the person that you would like if You you know, like, because I work... 500 of them. Uh Uh-huh. I would want to hang out with almost all of them. And I'm friends with a couple, and that's incredible. You know, like, and that's just... Especially, like, because once you meet one, you meet a bunch of them. They just all sort of start to fall into place. Uh, But... A lot of athletes. I would love to hang out with any of the Chicago Cubs. Uh. I've gotten to meet a couple of them, and it's been really fun. And it is interesting because you forget that you, as a comedian, have this superpower of making somebody laugh at will. Yeah. You know, because we sit back and we just throw it out there. You forget that they don't have that, nor do they know somebody who has that. They have funny friends, but not, like, comedically funny friends like that. So, like, I met uh, one of the Cubs backstage at a thing. And I was, like, making jokes. And he was laughing a lot. And you're like, oh, I could see how if we were actually able to hang out longer one-on-one, we could be friends. Yeah. I'd make him laugh more than me. But whatever. Like, I'd be just excited to hang out with one of them. And so it's just, like, that kind of thing. I could totally see see how that would happen.
0: I was at – there's this spot in L.A. called Berkshire. I was there maybe three weeks ago. And – um. I was with uh, these comedians, I don't know if you've heard of them, they're called the Bursey triplets. And, yeah, of course. Okay, so I'm, I'm with the Bursey triplets, we're out there uh, at night, and um, we're, we're the, everything is over, so everybody's leaving, and uh, so we're talking about jokes, and like, yeah. well, you know, you know I'm, I, we were talking about working on certain jokes and all this other stuff, and it's Wait, probably- I have a question about the triplets.
1: Yeah, is one of them really good at setups only, and the other one's really good at punchlines only, and the other one's really good at just transitioning from those two. Yeah, like, funny. like one of them just has no idea about how to even get to a punchline. They're like, "That's that's
0: Jason's job."
1: I forget their actual first name, but
0: if you if you ask them, they would say that they would be like, "Oh, I'm one of them." Would be like, "No, I'm definitely the joke writer." Other mm-hmm. ones like, I'm, "I'm good at tagging." The other one is like, like "I'm good at act outs. Yeah, yeah. I'm just good to be the punching bag. Like, if you ask them, they, that's exactly how they would describe themselves. So this guy walks by and says, like, oh, y'all, have, are y'all, y'all got a joke? I want to hear something funny. And naturally, everybody, all of us freeze up. Like, what? And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want, y'all talking about jokes. Tell me one. No one tells him a joke. And I was like, all right, fuck it. So I told him one of my uh, jokes. And he just starts dying, laughing. And I'm like, we share Instagrams or whatever. Come to find out, uh, I got to look up his name. I don't remember it. But he played, he played professional basketball. And he just – just Hell yeah. it, just he was, he was a bench player, but it doesn't matter. But it was like something just like
1: that. So what? Dude, I had a, a couple minor league baseball players that were all on the same team follow me one day. Yeah. So one of them must have found my Instagram laughed at it, and then all of a sudden, I had three minor league baseball players following me. And since then, they've all gone to different teams. I'm just waiting for any one of them to go pro. I followed all of them back. Yes. <laughs> exactly, because you're just like, all right, let's see what happens with this.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> yes. Why not? And they're waiting for you to sell out of theater. So uh, we're waiting on each other.
1: Oh, for sure. You know what? And when that happens, absolutely. They get free tickets. Yeah. Oh, easily,
0: yeah. That's that's definitely the the plan. Yeah.
1: I went to a Dodger game with a friend of mine who happened to be – it was the opposite. One of the Major League Baseball players for the Rockies sent him a DM, like, hey, I like you on TV. Would you like to come to the game? And he was like, sure. He left him some tickets. He brought me along. We said hi to them. You know, we went down to, like, their reliever. So we, like, went over to the – to where all the relievers are, we waved, and he came over and talked to us for a couple minutes. And then when we ended up in his city, he came out for free tickets yeah. back and forth. Yeah, and then, like, we got to hang out for a bit, went out, had drinks, and you're just like, oh, this is incredible. That's dope. Oh, of course. Yeah, it was great. I and then he beat the Cubs in the playoffs. He, like, eliminated us one year, and so I was able to send him a DM. Like, you know, you were really cool two years ago, but this is real horseshit. This is really going <laughs> to
0: affect our friendship. Do you like baseball? I love baseball. I've never been, I was saying I've never been to a baseball game. I've always said that I want to go to one of these Dodger games. But you just, I feel like baseball is one of those things that you have to go with people. I don't know if I would be able to go by myself. Would you agree
1: or disagree? I would completely agree. To go by yourself, you have to be obsessed. Because there's so much time between action in baseball that mm. you would have to go with someone to talk to about it. Although here's the other thing about like this is why I say obsessed. There's not much time between action if you're a fan of the pitching of the game. Because then every play is the play where you're trying to get past the ball. You know, yeah. you're trying to get it past the batter. When you're only focused on batting, that's when baseball's boring. When people are like baseball's boring, you're like, that's because you're only interested in the batting aspect. If you're yeah. looking at the pitching aspect, it's every every pitch is a is a moment. So, like, you would have to be obsessed with pitching to be able to go by yourself and have a good time.
0: Mm.
1: But to go with friends and have beers and hot dogs and to just hang out and make jokes, and then when things happen, you guys go, oh, 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 and start cheering and all that stuff, that's where it's really fun, and that is great. And also, the other weird thing about baseball that I still don't understand is the cheap seats are as fun as the expensive seats. Why do you think that is, Dan? Is it because... Because mm-hmm. the balls get hit into the cheap seats. Uh, the expensive seats are behind the net, behind the plate. So everyone's just paying extra to get closer to that action because it really is the central point of all the action. And that's really where you can feel how fast these balls are coming at these guys and stuff. But if you want to catch a home run or a foul ball, that's all the twenty-five, fifteen-dollar ticket area, thirty-five bucks on the regular season, you know, like so playoffs and
0: everything. Do you prefer the expensive seats or do you prefer to sit up there and if they, if you're saying it's just as
1: cool or as fun. It's just as cool. I say if you've never been to a baseball game, yeah. I would try to put you in the outfield as close to the field as possible for like a fifty dollar ticket. Uh-huh. so that way you feel like you might be able to catch a home run. And you're going to watch other people catch home runs or foul balls and stuff, and you'll have an exciting time watching that. And it's hard to not pay attention to the game if the game might hit you in the face. <laughs> 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 you know, like, that's, that's a part of it. Like, people who are sitting courtside are paying attention because the player might jump on them or the yeah. ball might come and hit them. But in the cheap seats, the ball might just come and hit you at 70 miles an hour. It's
0: exciting. Oh... I've seen so many of those blooper videos where the person, like, catches it, like, from someone that might have just not been paying attention. Yeah. Some of those sport bloopers are so amazing of how, like, there'll be, like, a hairline close to something really disastrous happen. Yeah. The fact
1: that there's not been more disastrous things happen in baseball is actually just beyond me.
0: Yeah. I was watching one where the dude hit the swung the bat, and the bat left his hand, Mm -hmm. and, like – Oh, you saw this, or I don't know, No, I've seen this in
1: person. Huh? I used to work in the baseball field, and that's happened before. Oh. I used to work spring training, and I recall several times where the bats left the hands and ended up in the stands, and every time it's scary. And for somehow, it seems like – I don't recall a bat ever actually hitting a fan, but when that would happen, it would go in the stands. Whoever gets it gets to keep it, but they keep it up front. They don't let you sit there and hold the bat. While you watch the rest of the game (laughs) and everyone's always baffled by that and you're like because it's a weapon
0: (laughs) (laughs) it took me a second to wonder why i was like why could you oh okay now yeah it takes
1: about three seconds to be like oh yeah because you could really wreak havoc if you so choose
0: oh my goodness you really could
1: and the other side of it is all the other fans that would want it it's easy to run up and grab a bat and run away. Much easier than a ball. Mm. So if it was like your favorite player and the bats right there, and you know that that's like $500 to like sell on the internet, the idea that someone's gonna run and grab it is really right there. Interesting. As opposed to a ball is small enough to put in your pocket, that person would really have to accost you. Yeah, did you play sports? I mean, not well. I'm five foot three. You know, like I'm, (laughs) like it wasn't the kind of, like I would like to have thought that I had the option to do more than what I did with it. But looking back at my body shape and size, I think I did the absolute most with it. You seem like, I feel like wrestlers could be short. I did wrestling. This was why I didn't continue wrestling. So I was like five two in high school and like 90 pounds. Uh-huh. So I was in the featherweight division there for like everyone that was under 110 pounds. Yeah. So the back-to-back state champion in, in the state was also in my school in the same weight class. Uh-huh. So I went to wrestling and I got beat up by him every day because he was the best. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't like I had much of a shot to do any more than what he, whatever he would let me do. Yeah.
0: I played football and I was garbage at football. Uh Like, I was one of those people that as soon as they hit me, I would lose the ball. Like, it was never worth it for me. But Uh I played football because my counselor told me, like, they were like, hey, if you want to stop getting bullied, you should play an organized, like, play like an organized sport so you can have, like, camaraderie. Uh But then when I sucked at football, I got bullied off on court or on the field as well as, like, just in school. So, like, my bullying doubled. Yeah. until, Until, obviously, my baby mama. But then it was like
1: Well the funny part about that is you choosing football is you're like, I got into sports to stop getting hit and now I'm just getting hit in uniform.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that. That's that is now gone. Everybody that's listening to it. Aaron Marsh wrote me a joke and I owe him some money. So
1: Hey, there we go. You've already given me some money and I haven't even mailed your stuff yet to you. <laughs> I forgot that I even gave it sent that to you. Yeah, you did. I was shocked. And I was like, that's great. Perfect.
0: Yeah. I like, I like the, uh, pen. the pen. The pan look cool as hell.
1: I'm really happy with it, man. Look. It's right here.
0: It, it's a – a,
1: a <laughs> <laughs> My brother drew it.
0: Did he? Yeah. So my, my,
1: my brother's really younger. artistic. Younger. Okay. I'm not artistic at all. Like, I couldn't draw – I don't even know what's easy to draw that everyone can draw. Like, I can't draw it. I can barely write my name and look like I'm older than six if I walk away from the paper, you know, like, but my brother can draw great. And so he drew this picture I'm showing that is the main picture for the podcast in general. And I got stickers printed and then I got the pins made up and they look great.
0: Love them. Do you plan on going on tour more in 2021? Are you going to wait, like hold off a little bit longer to everything is like, are you Honestly, worried
1: about it? I am worried about it. Because if there's ever a dirty, filthy group that would spread a disease, it's comedians. Yeah. And so I am not – I'm not – I still haven't done any actual shows with people. Like, and I see them, and they're all like, no, we have multiple microphones. We clean them. And, and I'm like, I know. I still don't trust
0: you guys. No, yeah. It definitely felt like that. I remember when things just started to pick up back, back in, like, March. Mm-hmm. And people like I was the only one like I used to bring before any of this was like a big deal. I was bringing my own white disinfectant wipes. Cuz I'm mm-hmm. like y'all y'all ain't worried about this at all. So yeah. I definitely see how you're like the dirtiest group is just the, everybody's sharing this one microphone, breathing in this one. Yeah. No, it's horrendous. And actually years ago,
1: I wanted to start bringing my own microphones to everything because I kept getting colds. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I got to stop with this. Can I bring my own microphone? How do I do that without being weird? And so it was a thing I just worried about. And I was all of a sudden, like, just drinking airborne and stuff. Like, it was a regular thing to drink every day. So I could hit these mics because all these people are dirty and living out of their car. I'm sorry. By the way, if you, you're listening and you're offended because you're, like, calling all of us comedians dirty, yeah.
0: y- y'all are a dirty group. Yeah. You're dirty and I and I and I'm with him. Y'all, all y'all dirty. I, I purposely brought disinfectant wipes, and I would open up with a joke about it. I would be like, "I don't trust where none of y'all lips have been," and I'll wipe it off. You know.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Oh yeah, and just like
1: Callahan would bring a little thing to put over yeah. the mic. Yeah. When I first saw this, like that's brilliant. Absolutely, I'm on his side. This is what <laughs> we need. I want. I need to do this, and I was like, I wish that wasn't his gag. Because then I could do it so I don't get sick so much. Yeah. I have microphones. Why can't I just bring my microphone? But now that's going to be normal. Now everyone's going to like, oh, I get it. And I'm like, thank God. Yeah. I needed this. Yeah. And I, uh, I would like to tour more. Is there a specific
0: area that you would like to tour at? No. No, I want to tour. It doesn't matter where. I did a, I like, I'm doing St. George, Utah. Mm-hmm. in 2 weeks. And I'm and I'm and I'm nervous as shit. One cuz it's Utah. Sure. And, uh Is that Wise Guys? No, it's uh it's a theater. It's it's called the Electric Comedy Theater. Okay. Yeah, so I this year was going to be my year to really tour. Like I just started touring last year, but it was always because I was too scared to leave Los Angeles to miss auditions and all that other stuff cuz I make my money in commercials. Yeah. So, so to be able to leave that for... You should do that live in your shows,
1: though. Every 15 minutes, be like, hey, guys, I make my money in commercials. Mountain Dew is the choice of a new generation. Thank you guys very much. Use the promo code at Willie Mack. All right, so my next bit is about... That's
0: actually really funny. <laughs> Especially if they bring me up to he's been in such and so many commercials or, you know, I established that up front.
1: Like, yeah, Exactly. And every now and then just be like, hey, guys, Lace Potato Chips. Um, there's new flavors. I don't know. Check out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to get back to it, though, man. It's, not, it's nothing like a live audience, even ups and downs. Both, both the times yeah. I thought I was going to kill and did not, and then the times I do kill. That's the best
1: thing about stand-up, is if you
0: aren't humble, it will humble you. It, it knows
1: You can only be cocky on stage if you deserve it. And if uh-huh. you don't deserve it that cockiness will eat you alive and I love that about stand up. My favorite thing is watching somebody go up cocky and watching them eat their own ass and then leave with no confidence at all. That's the greatest. Especially when they're like new and they're like, oh, I'm going to show these guys what's up." And I'm like,
0: "Yes, please show
1: me what's up." Like then oh. they leave
0: right then they leave right after their set cuz they don't want to
1: Yeah, wanna exactly. Uh uh-huh, exactly. They leave I watch them walk right out the YooHoo room door and straight to their car and drive away before their friends even notice. And the friends like, "Where'd you go? You look so comfortable up there." And I'm like, "Yeah, comfortable up there." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Driving on the opposite side of traffic, just wanting it to be over with. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. So I've I've learned to just kind of just have fun in those quiet moments. And, like, it's, it's it, it took – it obviously took over eight years for me to be okay with it because it, – because as, especially as new comedians, you're just up there trying to make people laugh before you realize people just – because I always wondered how, like, Dave Chappelle will go up there and – no no comparison, you know, right now. But it's like he'll go up there and be like, what's up, bitches? And everybody will start laughing. Mm-hmm. Or you hear, like, any of these comedians, they'd be like – God, I don't want to be with you fuckers today. And they just start dying laughing. I'm like, where's the joke in that? There's no joking. I don't want to be with you motherfuckers. It's like, and mm-hmm. but people start to laugh because of, they feel like they just this was just the, their real selves. It's the authentic. Just let's do this shit.
1: I'll give advice to some brand new comedians based on exactly what you said. I believe your first three years, you're not even learning how to be funny. You're learning how to make the audience comfortable. And that's what they do. Yeah. Dave Chappelle shows up and you're already comfortable because you know, he's a master of his craft. So, you know, he's going to get you there. So you're comfortable already. Yeah. Everyone else, you're worried what they're going to do. And so that's why the famous people, that's their leeway that they get. That's why we give them like a couple minutes to make us laugh first before like, but other people we give them like 15 seconds, but that's the body language and that's the importance of breathing a body language is your first couple years. You just learn to make the audience comfortable. Mm-hmm. Willie Mack. I love him. He's so funny. We just get along, make each other laugh. Love it. That's exactly how comedians talk outside right before they go on and get off the set, stage, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying. Love it. Always had a good conversation with him. I knew it was going to be a home run, and I feel like it was. I had a good time with that episode. If you like him, check him out at Willie Mac, W-I-L-L-I-E-M-A-C-C. I know that you can find him on Instagram and Twitter, and right now his TikTok's blowing up, and he puts up a joke a day on TikTok. Check it out. Very funny. In fact, He put up the joke that we said during the episode on his TikTok. Boom. He also bought one of my pins and stickers. So, bam. That's one way to get my attention again on the podcast. Buy my shit. Which, of course, as always, at Aaron M. Marsh on Venmo, $10 gets you a pin and three stickers. I mail it to you. You like it. You put it on things. You tag me in it. I share it. I've shared everything I've been tagged in. And I know you guys are like, some days I don't see you tagging things because I wasn't tagging things that day. Maybe that could have been you whose things I shared. Who knows? Thank you guys for listening. As always, you guys are the best. You really are. Uh, I'm back down to one a week because I'm back to work. But I really, I love my podcast. I love that you guys are listening. I love that I have listeners. It's absolutely insane to me. And I love it so much. Guys, thank you for listening. And thank you for putting up with me. Oh, next episode, Chris Kidder. He's the game show. If you liked the Willie Mac and I episode, go check out the game show. It's, uh, look up Chris Kidder, look up Willie Mac, look up Aaron Marsh. It's all, we only did one thing together. It's that game show. It is two hours. So I understand if you guys only put on 15 minutes or something, but really, it's funny all the way through. I could see somebody putting it on, thinking they're going to listen to it for five, 10 minutes, and then two hours later at work, they're done, and they had a good time. I get all of that. I, I, I... I can see that episode being one of those things. When I was done with it, I was like, I could see someone watching this three, five years down the line and having as much fun as I did playing that show that night. Check it out. Uh, Yeah, and he's the next episode. Chris Kidder, you're going to listen to him. He's going to talk about his obsession with unicorns and being a dad. I don't have many parents on this thing. Uh, So, boom. Or, you know, if this is the future, it's already out check it out. Guys, thank you for listening and thank you for putting up with me.
0: Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world I'll never be long I've got to be me I gotta be and i'd be